listening to the Super Week Super Weekly Supercast. I'm your host, Evan. And I'm your host, Doc Crispeg Levo Bag. And I am your host, Mikey Paul. <laughs> Go on. And. Wait, hold on. It's Evan no, you the- say more names than that. Usually. Evan does. He usually says a lot more names than that. But I also, didn't know you were just, just going to end with Paul. Uh, yeah, I was just, yeah. Today he's feeling like Mikey Paul, and that's okay. He's really handsome, and we're just going to move past it. Great. Because today, you're our special guest. My name is Jared Nathan. Hello. You might know Jared from bands such as Pears, Ghostlight, Push-Ups, Gaston. Ghostlight is my number two most famous band. Yeah. That's, that's number two on the what list. what I would say. Yeah, me too. And Tact. <laughs> And, and also in a band with Evan called All Bad. Oh, yeah. And in another band with Evan called The Super Weeks. I am in that band now. No, Yet it sometimes plays drums. Also, we're going to be referring to Jared a lot as Yet it throughout this. Uh, it's like a Guy Fieri thing, you know? It's like a Reddit thing. If you go on Reddit, but you Yet it, don't forget it. My nicknames have evolved over, uh, over the quarantine. Over a spicy piece of pie, pizza pie. Maybe a spicy piece of pie. Cut it out. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm going to have to do a lot of edit Cut Nathan on this episode with this no, nonsense. That's what we should call it. Edit Good. Nathan. There's got to be a better name than that. We're not settling on that. No, settling on edit Nathan. I was thinking Jarrett Nation, edit Nathan, just yet it. Just plain well, Jarrett Nation it. was my WKDU DJ name. I know. You were a very famous DJ named Jarrett Nation. How famous was I? Nobody's ever heard of you outside of this room. Classic. That's also not true. (laughs) Insane absolutes being flung in both directions. He just... (laughs) Well, listener, Evan just spit like a full mouth of seltzer all over himself, and he has run away to the bathroom. (laughs) Not a word uttered, just just gurgling like a... Like a broken Yellowstone. It's like a backed up sewer grate. Yes. It just came. <laughs> He's throwing up. Oh, my God. Evan, are you okay? No. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty world. sure that was a lung full of seltzer that nearly took Evan out just now. Oh, zero out of ten. Would not recommend. An absolute chaotic start to this episode <laughs> for our very special friend, Jarrett. Oh, I've never breathed seltzer before. This is what I've been practicing for. <sighs> yeah, Jared revealed to me uh, just before you guys arrived to do the recording that he's been practicing his oratory I've skills. I've been orating. I haven't been on a podcast in a while. I had to, I had to get loose for you guys. You look... <laughs> yeah, Evan's face is fully wet from the seltzer that he expelled from his lungs... And also from the tears that are streaming down his face that from the so agony. Also the cool, rain from the giant storm. What that does that Also that maybe from the... <laughs> that storm isn't in here. From Mother Earth's <laughs> onion. Also from the seltzer that Jared yeah. poured on my head the other night. That, you so asked you me to. You have I got, since I got, then. I got <laughs> no, I approval. I asked in it. Anyway. And <laughs> Oliver didn't say anything about the couch, which is a win for us. Well, now that you've put it on this podcast. Well, he saw the video. Oh. But none of our listeners have, so... If anyway. you look at your screen now. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> so you've been practicing? <laughs> practicing what, to be exact? Well, Jarrett. Orating. I thought oh, yeah, you yeah, were yeah. going to have a podcast of your very own. I was your first guest. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about this now. Let's okay. establish Let's talk. some okay, okay. background about Jarrett. Yeah, okay. we did. We he was a DJ at WKDU. He played in some bands. Let's orate a pizza. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was going to start a podcast and then my dad died and then I decided I didn't want to do it anymore. We might need to start over. <laughs> no way, this is all gold. Sorry about your dead dad. <laughs> well, we've known Jared since the days long before Big Mamas. We met back at Drexel University. We've we known each other a long time. Yes, very true. Credit even, to physics. That's- yes, credit to our, our high five for physics class where... As uh, an option for our final project, we all could, instead of taking a test, make our own creation. And, of course, for us musicians, that wound up being a song that we all composed in different groups. And Evan, Jarrett, and our friend Monica had a group where they wrote a song about physics. Do you remember what that was about? It was about roller coasters. And I vaguely remember the melody because it turned into a Dangerous Pony song. I don't remember the lyrics. I'm sure one of us or Monica like has it written down somewhere. But it was about like potential energy oh, being yeah. transferred into kinetic energy. How did that song go? Yeah, that became mm-hmm. uh, I Only Wear My Favorite Clothes at Home, the Dangerous Pony song that yeah. we eventually And I didn't know that it had become a Dangerous Pony song until I saw you guys play at AIDS Thrift. Did you do a record release show? Yes, we did. On 5th and Bainbridge or whatever that was? AIDS Thrift. And you guys started playing that. And I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> I know this tune. I need to call my lawyer. And it was the coolest thing because, I, you know, I was young and, like, I'm new to Philly and new to, like, a good music scene. And, like, oh, we did something creative. Oh, wow, it turned into a real thing for a real band and not just – it was a cool song. And it didn't have to just be for a fucking physics project. Very yeah, cool. And, and Very the cool dawn of me. our collaboration with you is predates the Super Weeks by a country mile. So it's pretty cool. I also did a physics song for my final project for that class uh, with our old friend John Bacon, who we've mentioned before on the pod. And I do remember some of the lyrics for that song, and it was a uh, bunch of double entendre that were very filthy. You a double entendre? No way. I know. I've cultivated this very pure presence for me on this podcast, but I'm known to get a little blue. What does getting blue mean? Blue? What do you think it means? It's a color. Yes, go on. It's also something that happens when you blow on something in its past tense. That's Yeah, you're doing a little homophone action. Go on. There's more. That's pretty much it. Okay, then there isn't. <laughs> it's like when you get like inappropriate comedy, essentially. Uh, mm. Yeah, there's there's layers to the idea of the blue-collar comedy tour. Oh. You could also like wow. do a bad job on stage that night. And you blew like the wind. That's where that came from. This is getting very complex and poetic. I, I like it. But to give you a quick sample, I think the first line was, you could use your force to accelerate my motion. Don't forget the gravity and don't forget the lotion. Mm, that's good. That's Why are you telling people this? Rub, rub it on me good to cut down on the friction. Because he, he aced the test. Yeah, I got an A in that class. And I barely mm-hmm. showed up to it. So it was a, a, a win all around. Mm. Mm-hmm. Drexel, baby. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not a real program. It's not real school. <laughs> Ooh, cut that. <laughs> but you joined a number of bands since then, and I guess you weren't in the band when we first did that collaboration together. But you quickly defined yourself as being one of the best drummers who we knew in the scene. Well, that's nice of you to say. I mean, every word of it. Yeah, well, nobody can play as fast as you. It's true. Yeah. Well, thanks. I don't do it on purpose. It's just a thing that I can do, and I do it too often much to the the chagrin of a lot of bandmates nobody has a chagrin about it some people have had chagrins i've i've seen chagrins i'm not gonna ask for evan's definition of that one (laughs) you and jeff meyer should have speed drummer band okay what would it be called speed drummer band too i was supposed to start a band with (laughs) jared doherty from screaming females supposed to start a band we would get drunk and talk about starting a band just both of us playing drums call it j crew 
because it's Ooh, Jared nice. and Jared. Oh, that's fine. I like I'll that. hit him up. Maybe we'll still make it happen. You <laughs> don't look well, Evan. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm not okay. Really just psychotic energy to start this episode. Well, thanks. If you, if you change your name to Head It, you could be HJ Crew. Yes. <laughs> Precisely. But from my perspective, seeing you as such a skilled drummer, I could see people constantly courting you to be in their bands. And that was actually how you found your way into pairs initially. Too. Yeah. They, you played a show with them. You want to elaborate? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I wish I was courted more because I have this idea of like what it means to be a drummer that is not really a primary songwriter. And one thing that I wish I did better was, you know, promote myself and be like the person that can go out and be my own cheerleader and just put myself out there to get certain session jobs or to to be like a drummer that people know to call for recording stuff for live stuff one of the things that i wish i did better was that so like when you say people courted me i have gotten jobs and like bands to play in from that how do i say this joining pairs was wonderful wonderful it was it was but it was happenstance it was just like i had been playing in push-ups and we played at jr's bar that old mob bar on 22nd and Pashyunk across from Phillips Cheesesteaks. And we played with the Lollies, which is Zach Quinn and Pears and Alex, our original bass player. They were in the Lollies. Brian was in the Lollies, but he decided not to do that tour. So I had just met Zach and Alex and Christian Adams, who played bass and push-ups. I'm just like listing names now. He knew Greg Rodriguez, who runs Community Records in New Orleans. They were on tour with Stuck Lucky. They set up the show. Push-ups just happened to play because of their friendship, and Zach and I just hit it off, and then we kept in touch. They eventually broke up, started Pairs, and when Pairs started, when I heard Pairs for the first time, I'm just like, damn, this is like the only band that matters right now. This is like the only kind of music I want to be playing. They just like incorporate so many different parts of punk that I love, and it's just lightning fast and incredible, and I just wanted to be around it. Eventually, they just decided they wanted to go in a different direction with their drummer. And they had previously come back to Philly to play as pairs, played with push-ups again. And then like three months later, they texted me and were like, hey, we're going to kick out our drummer. Do you want to join? And I did. And that that's that history. And then you moved to New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans, New Orleans. Yes. <laughs> and you both visited me there. Yeah, that is true. That and was you... among like the first things that happened as I moved down there was like just settling in and you each separately visited me. That was exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you seemed, I'd say, at odds with the humidity there. You weren't enjoying it so much. <sighs> I'm at odds with the humidity always. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Before we get too far from it, one of the things you touched upon about Paris, and this is one of my favorite things, is like the incredible amalgamation of influences that they have to like make a very specific kind of band and that appeals to your strengths and like a lot of those bands that influence them are also like, you know, huge influences on you as a drummer personally. And you've gotten the tour with a bunch of them. And like one of my favorite things to kind of reflect over your recent career is you've played with those bands like Lagwagon on stage or you filled in for the drummer for a song. And I don't know if I have heroes like that who still exist that I would ever like dream of filling in with. Just like, what is that like? It is the best fucking thing in the world. And like of of all the things that I've done, like all the moderate success that Paris has had, the fact that I got to play with these bands that I grew up idolizing since I was 14, it's indescribable. It's the coolest thing about touring with these bands because I'm a social dude. I can talk to people and I'm not afraid to like embarrass myself on a certain level. I'm not afraid to 
get real. There, there are air quotes around that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not afraid to go up to these guys and be like, hey, I'm Jared from Paris. It's so nice to meet you. Like, you are like a huge influence on me. And I just wanted to tell you how much your drumming means to me and blah, blah, blah. Like, I would do that when we played our first like Fat Records festival. I would just like, oh, Hey, Dave Ron, really nice to meet you. I'm Jarrett from Paris. Good to be working with you. Can't wait to do something in the future. I would go up to Chicken from Dead to Me and do the same thing. And I would just go around to all these people and just make myself known. See, that's interesting because you have said that you were not like a good self-advocate when it came to getting yeah. like more gigs for yourself. But when it comes to meeting your heroes, which I guess would typically be very intimidating for people, you have no problem just putting yourself out there. I have no problem there. doing that. And I have no problem being like, if we're on tour with someone and like after I get to know them for a little bit, I have no problem just being like, hey, you mind if I just fucking play a song with you guys? One of these nights on tour, any song? I have no problem doing that. And the fact that most of them, first of all, said yes. And second of all, were like stoked about it is just the coolest thing. Because like at this point in my career, like if, if we were on tour with a younger band and their drummer said that kind of stuff to me and they were like, hey, I really admire drumming. Can I play a song with you guys? Without hesitation, I would just be like, fuck yeah. Because that to me is like the coolest thing. And the fact that they were cool about it too. And they, it wasn't, an issue. Like I played with Lagwagon, I played with No Effects, played with Strung Out, I played with Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. For me, that's the biggest one. That was <laughs> <laughs> I'm very lucky to have done that. And I'm very glad that I didn't shy away from it. One thing I've learned in the last like five years from touring and being around these like mega famous people, it's like if I had left that tour and didn't ask, I would have regretted it for the rest of my life. All you want to do is just like fill in on drums for your favorite bands growing up. And the fact that I did it is, I'm very proud of that. It's cool. And people make fun of me and it's fine. Fucking Ryan Young from Off of Their Heads would give me so much shit. And like, he's allowed, he, it's great. He can fuck with me. It's fine. What would he say? Oh, he just call me a Punisher and like in, in, in jest. Ryan's a big, a big bully. For the listeners who aren't familiar with the term Punisher, that, well, I guess Jared, do you want to define uh, that for them? If, uh, no. No. <laughs> no, no. If you don't know what a punisher is, keep on moving. Yeah, I think yeah, you're you're living a very comfortable life otherwise, yeah. <laughs> hey Jared, I admire your drumming. Can I play a song instead of you one time? Paris fucking lootly, dude. Can you imagine how slow it's gonna be? <laughs> no, but you can't. You you cannot play it slow. <laughs> but yeah, it's cool. It's like one of the biggest joys of my life to have played with the people that I've played with and gotten to know the people I've gotten to know and just like feel like a contemporary of theirs is just like, I'm good. I've, I've, well, you are. I've, I've accomplished a, a certain level of what I wanted to accomplish and it's, it's a good feeling. Is gotta there say. any band you still want to play with? Like in this fill in certain type of situation or tour with? Mm-hmm. I've gotten pretty close with Bill Stevenson. We're very tight with the Descendants dudes. Oh boy. Um, that's a guy that I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> Why? You don't think you could take him? No, no, no. I I I as close as we are and as nice as he is, he's he's intimidating and it's just like one of those dudes that like it's like hallowed ground. You don't you don't rock that boat. Is it because the descendants? Well, yeah, that too. Wait, Evan, what was your question? <laughs> Who do I want to play a song with that I have? No, no, you said is it because the Descendants was the question. That makes sense to me. Okay. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. the Descendants are like, if you think of, you know, classic punk rock, if the Descendants aren't in the first like four bands you think of, you know. However, I have played Bill's Kit. We've played a bunch of shows with them. We've toured with them. And their drum tech, Rhino, who's a good buddy of mine, he owns the Where do these drum company. Where did these names? Yeah, we got Chicken, we got Rhino. Chicken, yeah. I would like just like be hanging around and like he'd be setting up Bill's Kit and I'm like, yo, can I sit down and play it? And he's like, yeah, fucking go crazy. So I sat down at Bill's kit. I think we were in, in like London or something. And I just 
played it. And like everything that he does as a drummer is so precise and so perfect. Like the angles of the toms, the heights of the cymbal, everything is like measured within like a millimeter, half a millimeter. Like everything is like so precise and it's built for pure ergonomics. And it's just like the most efficient way to hit a drum set. So I'm sitting there and like I have my particular preferences and I every drummer has their own specific way they set stuff up. And I'm just like sitting there playing this kit. It forces you to have good posture. It forces you to hit things at the right angle. It doesn't make you play too hard. It's like it's perfect. And everything feels so good. And it, I was just like blown away with how precise and it, like impeccable his kit was. It just felt so good. Nice. It and makes sense. I mean, unlike any other instrument, drums are very much like an athletic thing. So you have to have the physicality of it really tuned. Yeah. Which gets me to the point where I really want to stir the pot. Have you Ooh, played the drums the way Evan sets them up? And how do you feel about it? It's great. What, first what? off. <laughs> I need to refresh my memory. You sit low or high? No. He sits very you high. You sit really high and you, you hover over the drums, yes. right? And you play down essentially. Snare's high as well. But his rule is down. every time you hit the snare, you should be punching your thigh. No, oh, it's yeah. not. No, so we, we talked about that. We've talked about this That's before. Fucking, and I, no. brought, I brought that up to him and he he <laughs> argued against it. this from? <laughs> I said I was going to stir the pot. He got really defensive <laughs> about it is, when we talked about it too. Because there's all, th this isn't something that I do. Why would I fucking hit myself in the leg when I play the drums? I don't know if that came from like Tank or from Cat, but like somebody. I, so I learned, I got the way that I set up my drums from Tank. Tank does hit himself in the leg or did. Back I think I think that story because he sat so high. Yeah, because I know the story of when you you were on tour with Algernon and you, and you were like Tank set up your kit exactly how you do it, and that's when your like your yeah. life was changed. Yeah, and I didn't hit my leg. I think parts of the story have just like gotten through in the wrong ways because there is an origin to the a leg punching thing. Look, Tank will be on in a couple episodes. We can ask him about <laughs> punching his leg. But do you punch yourself in the you. leg, Mikey? Yes. You punch your leg? Fuck yeah, I do. I, I did that a lot. Not intentionally, though. That's not the goal of the setup. It's like, that's, that's not the mark of a good setup. Yeah, I just, I thought I was a bad boy and I wanted to punish myself. Oh my goodness. Well, you, 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 I've, I've tried to sit on a drumstick like you do and I don't like it because I like, I shift around a lot. I can't really it stay too. seated. It's not comfortable, it's but not. I'm, I'm always so impressed by what you do because you are like stationed there and you like, like, don't fucking move. I'm, like, always fidgeting and stuff. But you always have that stick sticking out of your butt. I know. If I, like, get up, like, if I lift my butt up, like, I'm fucked. <laughs> Wait, you got to explain that sentence. When Which? you phrase it that way, Which? it sounds crazy. You lift your butt up, you get fucked? And he has a stick sticking out of his butt, too, yeah. is what Jared wow. said. What Mikey does is he keeps his spare drumstick sticking out under Usually one butt Usually three cheek. on each side. <laughs> three? Oh, I've never cheek. seen three. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> what, what if I break multiple sticks? That shit happens. That does. What's the most amount of sticks you've broken in a show? Maybe like four or five. Yeah. Four or five sounds right for me too. There's definitely like shows that I've played where I've broken sticks like three songs in a row. And that sucks. I hate breaking sticks. I feel like that's testament to the manufacturers though. Because yeah. that's happened to me also. I mean, I hit hard, but I usually don't every break batch. sticks. Every batch is different. You right. could just like have a shitty weak they batch. They all break in it's the fine. same same way. Like I've I've broken it a lot where, you know, I'll hit and then it'll just like break off in like a crescent shape. Just like sticks a will crescent. just break. Yeah. Interesting. Like have like a weird crescent. The worst one is when it breaks, like it splits down to the, the handle and you don't realize. Oh, yeah. And then you're playing and it just like opens a little bit and then just pinches oh, your palm. Worst. That sucks. I've had, I've broken some weird sticks. Like it looks like someone took the stick and like, 
twisted each side and like filed it down so you just like could eventually just like twist it in half and there wasn't like a break or a slice it was like you like chipped an hourglass shape into it yeah essentially and then it just like kind of separated and it was like two whole pieces with like a clean cut down the middle well you're incredibly consistent to the point where like where your stick gets chewed yeah it's right in the same spot it sounds like a beaver building a dam it just chewed through it and make two uh, manageable pieces being i was watching a video about beavers this morning i gotta be honest there was a like a program in the 1940s where they parachuted parachuted in i saw that yeah Yeah. (laughs) they parachute they had a surplus of parachutes and a beaver problem in idaho or something and they would send them in planes and throw them overboard and they would just parachute (laughs) the beavers down to the backwoods what the fuck it's really there's really a, there's weird. videos of it it's crazy you should, you should complete check it with out. narration too and no music or anything behind it so there's these long pauses of like <laughs> sounds like animal cruelty to it me. really looks like it i think the beavers were fun as I long mean, as they, they showed as long footage as they of the cord. one of them climbing out of one of the busted boxes on the ground so one bust. i guess that was proof enough but mm. you never know with that busted era busted boxes yeah they were, but they had them in boxes. Oh, they weren't just putting tiny parachutes <laughs> on the beavers and strapping them They were putting them in. them in a box with a parachute attached. Yeah, like cargo. Like it was like a cargo drop. Sounds very cute. They traumatic. didn't have like yeah. little backpacks. I thought, I'd see, that sounds way cuter. Well, first well, of cuter, all, yeah. they would just chew right through it. I mean, those guys love to chew. It wouldn't work. I don't know. I feel like they'd be too scared because they'd be free falling out of the sky. Yeah, there's no real way to explain that process to a beaver. Better to just put them in the crate. But that era is known for like some pretty bizarre things that they would do to animals. And, you know, like the Disney documentary about the wilderness with the lemmings and the, you know the myth about lemmings where they group up at the edge of a cliff and push themselves over the edge go on oh yeah that's not true but the disney corporation really wanted to have this footage for their documentary so they filmed from an angle the edge of a cliff and they had crew members just throw lemmings oh, no. off the edge of the cliff for the sake of the documentary Oof. i think the documentary won an oscar in that year too i believe it yeah think of it all kinds of crazy oscars oh <laughs> It wasn't for like best lemming chuck. It was like a nature documentary one. It's like a crazy category. Wackiest escapade. I feel yeah. like Mikey's really good at throwing stones. He'd probably be good at throwing lemmings. Oh, you're saying in a non-metaphorical sense, Mikey is good at throwing stones. Yeah. He would never disparage anybody in any capacity. I know. But he would never he can, throw no, I've thrown he lots of rocks. Rock. Yeah, we, yeah. Me and my dumb friends, all of us as equally dumb. <laughs> Throwing rocks like across fields at telephone poles trying to hit them. Oh, what we used to do, and I think, I don't know if maybe our friend Oliver was also said he did this or if it was you, Jarrett, but we used to hide behind this fence on this busy road in my my neighborhood as a kid, and we would throw rocks at cars. I I did that. Uh, My backyard was like, terrible. it it had, it it was a long backyard and the two main roads were on either side and we would just like throw rocks over the fence. I mean, we did it once and we hit a car and they pulled over and came and like knocked on my door and yelled at my mom and my mom yelled at me so like it wasn't like a thing that we did we did it once and oh, we, okay. we got utterly humiliated <laughs> and then we never did Deservedly it again so. but what? yes i have done that me and my friend when we were younger <laughs> we would with a baseball bat hit rocks over this fence and this this like mechanic shop had these like windows towards the top of the wall maybe like three feet by two feet and i like i can't imagine doing it now but like trying to aim for a window with rock like a rocks and a baseball bat and we eventually got the window like i can't believe that like you, oh did you break the window yeah well yeah this is you we're but i just like but thinking man. about it now like i would i just don't think i could ever do like it just doesn't like seem you're like not good option. enough yeah like to fucking direct your <laughs> well, rock back then, oh it's you, not you, the moral issue no no, no it's yeah oh, i, yeah, I, I hear that. what he's saying fuck them what the <laughs> hell <laughs> you guys are all fucked this we is were crazy hooligans, to me. dude 
Yeah, Evan, you were a little angel. I would never, I just think about like how terrible I would feel if that happened to me. So I would like never do shit like that because. You thought that way when you were 13? Yeah. Well, I also was the one who was constantly bullied. Mm. So I was used to feeling True. that way. Yeah. Uh, see, I was constantly bullied, but I was one who would pay it forward. And uh, no. yeah, I was only ever bullied going. by a juggalo. Elaborate. He's a nice guy. We became friends. His name is Adam Berg. He was like the. Oh, we're naming him. Okay. He, was, he was the juggalo in my high school. Do you think he's still Good a dude, juggalo? My sister's friends with his sister. I'm not sure. I haven't kept up with him, but early on, like Some freshman friend. year, he he was the only person that like really like bullied me. But we got past it and we became friends. Do you wear the face paint in high school? No, he never wore it to school, but mm. I've seen him out with it. This is wow. where I <laughs> reveal one of my dark secrets about my life. Go on. You're a juggalo. No, but close. I dated a juggalette. Oh, for two years that's exciting. in high school. Two years. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was my first long-term relationship. Oh, my God. So you probably have more of a knowledge of ICP than I knew. Did she put the I makeup on I bought her you? one of the albums, the last one she needed for her collection. It was like the Joker card album. Nice. Yeah, I know all oh. about the Dark Carnival you go like to after Thanos. you die. She snaps her fingers and it was her birthday. just Fago for days. Oh, no. Actually, I didn't have a drop of Fago back then, but I, I was aware of it just from the relationship with her. I've seen you have many a drop of Fago. Well, that was later because I wanted to relive the those glory days, much in the Bruce Springsteen style, where I had to tap back into my youth, and uh, Fago reminded me of my first love. The Bruce Springsteen song, Philadelphia, why you moved here, too? I was born here, Evan. <laughs> and? Uh. Do you think your parents <laughs> fucked to that if song? Anyone out there, Jesus <laughs> if anyone out there can get pairs on the uh, uh, Gathering of the Juggalos, we're trying to play that. That's a big dream of Brian's. Super um, Weeks would also do it. Oh, yeah, so we, we really want that. to. Hey, it's all about family. Whoop, whoop. The other pairs dudes grew up with the Suicide Boys, dudes. You know that band, that like really famous hip hop group? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they killed themselves. They're They're so fucking famous. And like Brian and Zach and Eric grew up with both of them. I met that dude, Adi, when I was in town in New Orleans a couple weeks ago. And he was talking about The Gathering because they they played it. And we're just like, God damn, that sounds so fucking fun. Really want to. They had a positive experience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think most people do. Well, I always think about, uh, what was her name? Tila Tequila? tequila, tequila, and there was another. Yeah, oh, the she time got, that she was like, "Hey, Nazis are sweet, dude." Also, speaking of throwing rocks, people were like yeah. throwing stuff at her too. Yeah, that was bad. Well, yeah, if you go out on stage and you're like, "I fucking love Nazis," oh, wait, did like, you actually say that? I thought that was just a weird everything you were saying. No, tequila, that's like shit she did. Oh yeah, well good. I'm glad they threw rocks at her. Then. The way I was I introduced to Tequila, Tequila is that she right. was dating the granddaughter of Woody Johnson, who owns the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. There's no more. I just know that she would go. I either I feel like it was m- online, but she would just say things and be very offensive, and then people would be like, "That's not okay," and she'd be like, "I'm so sorry, but I still love Hitler and Whoa. like shit like that." And I don't know exactly. She's a problematic person. Also, yeah, of course, the gathering's all about family. <laughs> wow, what True. a pivot. <laughs> True. Oh, they're Italian. Did she get you know? <laughs> Stones thrown at her at the gathering. What was she doing there? Performing, I believe. That's uh, I don't know much about the details of it, unfortunately. But I also know that Bobcat Goldthwaite is a fixture of the gathering, and they really loved him when he did his, his stand-up routine there. Interesting. Yeah. He, He's funny. He, speaking of the Suicide Boys, he made a ton of jokes about killing himself because he had performed at the gathering, and the crowd That's thought funny. it was very funny. That is funny. Yeah. Nice. Hmm. Our friend Robin's Instagram name is Robcat Goldthwaite. It's true. Good plug. <laughs> <laughs> Cantrip Coffee. Go buy a cup. It's good. Anyway. Yeah, but if a Violent J or a Shaggy 2 Dope are listening out there, you got a room full of boys who want to play The Gathering if you Love need to magnets. fill up that roster. Well, I'll explain magnets to you. I'll, I'll read the Wikipedia no, no, I, page I to you. We, no, 
Don't do that. <laughs> so, Jarrett, it's crazy to me that Jarrett has been courting the Super Weeks for almost our entire existence. Yeah, speaking of Jarrett being courting, he flipped the script on us. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's I had always wanted to play with segue. the Super Weeks. I remember coming to your practice at Big Mama's and being like, yo, like what I do with the other fucking bands. Like, yo, let me play this song with you. For many, practice. many, many years you did that. Yeah, because your records are great and I love your band and I want to play those songs and I want to I want to be Mikey. <laughs> I want to be as strong well, as Mikey. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's clarify for the listener the recent events. Because of the pandemic and also the fact that Jarrett lives in the house with Evan and I, we wrote a new Super Weeks record together while we were quarantining. Sorry. That was... <laughs> Dude, what's wrong with you? Look, I literally <laughs> inhaled like a fucking can of seltzer. Okay. What the fuck was I saying? Super Weeks oh, record. Right. I'm here. I live here now. So yeah, we composed a record together, and of course, it has a specific Jarrett flair to it. One of Jarrett's big things from like while we were composing and recording it, mm. he was talking about how excited mm. he was to see Mikey Ooh, play baby. those drum parts. I can't wait. That will be the biggest joy. I love recording. I love writing songs with these dudes. I love being in Martha's Vineyard recording. I'm generally a drummer that loves recording. It brings me so much joy. Wait, but my, say it again. I'm a dr- what? That you love recording. I love recording. I love fucking playing new a click. It's the best. Wait, Evan. Why do you look so smug? Um, I don't. I'm not feeling smug. He just said it like three times in a row. But my oh, biggest, okay. my biggest joy from those songs we made was thinking about Mikey playing those because I've. <laughs> I love Mikey's drumming so much. And I know we're very different drummers. And I don't don't know how to say this because I'm just so stoked. I'm so happy. I just cannot wait to see you play these songs. Mikey's a perfect drum machine. I know. A perfect drum comma machine. (laughs) Bullshit. I know. You guys recorded that live thing and like there was like one drum edit you had to do. He's perfect. Yeah, we know just Mm -hmm. one kick drum hit in an entire live session that we did for the release of Teenage Bob. But that's the thing too. The other greatest strength of Mikey is that he's a drum chameleon. You've learned yeah. the drum parts for so many incredible Tooth, Philly dude. drummers and you filled in for different bands like when you played in Loose Tooth you played Christian's drum parts and Christian is already an unbelievable drummer and you learned it note for note moment for moment and then you supplied also that the Mikey sweet beef with the extra amount of power behind it where you were just <laughs> love it yeah, and wasn't Christian at one of the shows watching Mikey? Christian came to all of the shows. <laughs> Christian came to every no, show, Mikey. Yes, he did. Showed up to every show you played in Loose Tooth. That's so sick. And he was like, this is sick because now I just get to enjoy Loose Tooth because I love this music and now I just get to watch it and it's sick. I think that's the fantasy of every drummer who knows you, Mikey, is to watch you play their drum yeah, parts. right. No way. No, because you are, you are that chameleon. And I knew <laughs> that. I knew when I was writing these parts, I'm like, Mikey is going to learn every tiny... Thing that I do, and it's gonna be so cool to see that replicated. Because yeah, I see do a subpar job. Exactly, you're not gonna do a subpar job. You're gonna be perfect to at it. Because like I see, because I've seen like people will post pairs drum covers on the internet, and a lot of them are really good. But they're always like, oh, this fill isn't exactly right, or this beat like the kick isn't hitting where it's supposed to. I haven't seen like a perfect replication of my drum parts, and I know no pressure, but you're gonna do it. <laughs> and it's gonna be fucking perfect, and it's gonna be so sick seeing another drummer playing my shit. He's going to play better than you. Good on him. I'm Hell very yeah. familiar with that process of watching somebody <laughs> else play your parts. Like I've done a lot of session work and like, you know, not for anything big, but I could like enough that somebody else has to like play these things live eventually. And hearing somebody deviate from what I had composed is endlessly frustrating to me because it's just like, Come on. Like you have the recording. Like you you could definitely or just ask me. You know me. You could like you could I mean you don't know me necessarily, but like you could get like a direct source for this thing and it's just like oh the spirit of it 
isn't enough for me. I'm such like a pedantic person. Mm-hmm. I need all the details Dude, to be right. As the person who's constantly playing other people's parts in other bands, my brain doesn't work like most of the people's brains who write these parts that I'm playing. I'm just like, I don't even fucking understand how this is a part. And then I'm just like, I will play it to the best of my ability as long as it feels right. That's all that matters. Yes. Feel, that's important. In my opinion, feel is the most important thing. See, I played in wedding bands and cover, like, like bar no cover bands and stuff. feeling in that music. But that's not what it's about. It's about recreating something precisely for people who want to have a jukebox experience with a live band power behind it. Mm. It's and about that, what weddings. <laughs> yeah, well, we, obviously we've played a, a bit of Billy Idol in our time back in the day, but the accuracy was so vital to those groups, and that was like where I started. Like, as a 14-year-old, I was playing in like a rolling stones cover band Mm -hmm. and i had to learn everything note for note and like very specifically and i was playing not just with other 14 year olds but 40 year olds so they held themselves to like a very high professional standard so learning the details going on 40 am i right yeah that's they based that uh jennifer garner garner movie on me yes of course oh that was 13 technically evan gets it Yeah, and Mark Ruffalo and I have been in love ever since. Mark so. Buffalo. Yep, Mark Buffalo. That's my guy. That's my hubby. Anyway, what what kind of a nightmare was it for you to to work on music with us for that long? Oh, it was. Bob it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a thrill. When's that record coming out? By the way, uh, <laughs> like uh, six months after we finish it, whenever that is. Yeah. No. It's uh. It was cool writing with you guys because I like I knew you as the weeks first, and the whole point of this podcast so you write a song a week you record with whoever's around and that's my first introduction to big mamas when evan and i started all bad and i was around practicing and then that's how i played on this song jetpack because i was just around probably getting done with the push-ups practice or like hanging with cat and you were like yo you're here let's go come on come record this song we actually um in that session we did like a big in the spirit of january we were doing this thing the Super Weeks were just like having people coming and playing. You know, we were just like, hey, we're going to have like three days. We we're going to just like make up a bunch of songs and hang out. Mm-hmm. And that's like what we did for like two, three days. And during that time, all bad, we recorded our demos. Mm. Like we had, we were doing it all live to tape. So we yeah. did it, our demos and you stuck around. That's and what then it was. you played drums on one or two songs and you played bass on one I song. played, yeah, the mysterious bass song because Ian Dykstra, what other bands was he? He was in Little Big League. What, what was that other? He used to be in Sheer Mag, right? Our buddy Ian. He was playing drums. You played bass. Andy, Chris probably played guitar. Andy Black was there, but I can't remember, and we can't find the song anywhere. But I, pl- I don't play any other instrument. I play drums, and that's it. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna fucking play in the spirit of <laughs> the Super Weeks. I'm just gonna pick up this instrument and and have fun with my friends. And you're gonna tell me exactly what to play, and I'm gonna play it. And we can't find the song. We don't know which song it is. We'll find it one day. Yeah, and we'll have you back on whenever that yeah. <laughs> song is located. <laughs> Oh, you also played drums on. You played drums on two. Did yeah. I say that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what the other one was. Though. It's one of the ones that I re-recorded for my own album. Nice. So to get back to the original question, my relationship with the Super Weeks was always that it was always pure collaboration, just doing stuff for the absolute fun of it and just having a good time with your friends, making cool songs. So I moved into this house in January. 
the pandemic happened in March. We were all stuck inside together, all four of us. And then it's like, I mean, we have the ability to practice in the basement and record in the basement. Like fucking, yeah, let's write an album together. And it was so sick that you guys were just like in the spirit of the Super Weeks, where as another band would have been like, oh, well, Mikey's our drummer. We're not going to do. It was just like, you're here, you're around, let's go. And I know that it's not going to be weird. There's not going to be any like hard feelings of like who's doing what. And it's like, we're stuck together. Let's fucking write and record an album. And it's going to be fun and and getting back to a pure way of and better. creating better <laughs> Get the fuck out of here um getting back to such like a pure way of creating was just so nice and i think that we all really complement each other really well because you two are the super weeks evan and chris like you are the two consistent the band is you guys you're the two songwriters we aren't the band we are the songwriters sure <laughs> but you two like know each other so well and then Oliver, who is definitely more of like a, a, a metal, just kind of like harder guitar player, having him and then having the kind of drummer that I am, like all of us coming together. It was just really nice. And I think I think we did good. I think we did a good job of highlighting all of our strengths on the funny. album. So I, I'm not a songwriter, and that's something I've struggled with my whole career, my whole life. But I know that I'm good at arranging things. I know that I'm good at... It's the kind of thing where... You're practicing and you're like, okay, bear with me. I want you to play something that kind of sounds like this. And then I'll like either hum a thing or like give you a specific rhythm to play. And it's hard for me to translate what's going on in my brain and what comes out. But eventually it does. And I've learned how to kind of become better at it. But I've learned just what works. And like, for example, like Chris, you've been like a bit hesitant about going fucking like all out with your like shreddy guitar. And I remember we were working on like whatever solo and I'm like dude this is like you're so good at it just like get all the second guessing out of your head and just like if you were to create a fucking ripping solo just do it and play like the first thing that comes to mind and don't second guess it and just like a big thing with us recording this record was ridding ourselves of some of our inhibitions and mm. and just Feel like the rain on your skin it, yeah exactly yeah I, I, I just think we complement each other really well and I'm really excited with how it came out and you guys should finish vocals for it <laughs> a subtle push I appreciate it <laughs> but yeah this is definitely the most first drafts of ideas that I've had go into guitar parts like some of them were like we were alright today we're gonna work on this song and I was like okay I only have like 50% of the song written and as I told you as I was walking down the stairs like I came up with like the last riff for the song to just like glue it together and I was like this is kind of goofy and everyone was like, yeah, this is fucking goofy. This rocks. And it's like, all right, cool. This is, let's just do it. Let's just go with it. And there was times where I would try to like overthink it like I would commonly do. And I would like rewrite things and do different things. And then everybody was like, the first demo we did on the iPhone is sick. Just do that. And I was like, I just made that up. You're like, yeah, it's cool. Do that. I'm like, yeah. all right, fine. That's cool. So I, yeah, I appreciate that too. Cause that's the thing. Rock and roll isn't about thinking. Like I say this at the skate park all the time, but people are like, oh, I'm so nervous about like trying this trick. And I, I'm nervous about trying things too. And then I have to remind myself like, like, there's no great skate philosophers. This isn't the place for deep thought. There's maybe a few great rock philosophers, namely Bruce Springsteen, as Evan brought up. No. Uh, who uh, inspired my parents to copulate as he was Whoa, so excited sick. to announce. Maybe he was. <laughs> But yeah, it, it's about feeling and just like going with that first feeling. And I, I think that's a, a good philosophy to have. I'm a rock philosopher, dude. Uh, we just got a, a dual peace sign Nixon style thing. We're all rock philosopher dudes. <laughs> right, Mikey? We're all rock yeah. philosopher dudes. <laughs> that's why I'm here. Yeah, he's deep thought over there. The Buddha. He's Jack Handy. He's j <laughs> but we've named Drop Jetpack a few times. Why don't we take a listen to the song? And a one and a two. 
And uh, the wait is on, I'm down at home. I hope it's not too late. track that was a great song yeah i i do love that one that's another half-formed doc thought that <laughs> turned so into uh... it's, it's two songs we just play the first part and then we go to the second part and then that's the song and that's it's the great. song there it's you have great. It. when we recorded it like the first time however many years ago we couldn't figure out how to end it we had like this first like green day kind of riff or like let's play this and then i have the chris you're like i have this weird noodly thing and i'm like okay i'll play this like really fun syncopated drum part over it and we played it for like four minutes and none of us knew how to end it. Was it was actually two minutes. It's just the ending of the song is like. It repeats so many times. Yeah. And I started to do like go away from like the. Like go away from that. And then to do like a more simple just like. But then I'd inevitably just like. Just like go right back to that thing again. Is like, oh, I was vibing that we were going to end the song, but oh, we're, we're still going. Okay, let's bring this this fun part back. And I think we should put all three versions online. That'll be the length of one normal song. Wait, what's so- the third version? There's one version, the original version you're talking about. The second version that you came back and recorded the drums in the studio isolated so oh, we could actually yeah. record... A proper version. That was going to be for Teenage Bob, but we didn't actually use it for that. Which is the song we just heard. And then there's the third version, which is the one we recorded in the basement basement during quarantine that I played bass on and Oliver played guitar on. Great riff, Chris. Well, here's the secret of that song. I wrote that riff, and that's all I had when we showed up for the January session. And Evan was like, you should just write a song around it. And so I just came up with the Green Day chords, like <laughs> maybe a couple, like, like an hour or two before, because I just needed a song, but I didn't make a whole song. And I wrote that riff because, speaking of being a sideman and doing session work, I was hired to play in a band called Cold Fronts. Mm. And the first show they hired me for, without me ever meeting them, I learned all of their songs, note for note. Oh, we rehearsed for half an hour before we went up to New York to play the show. And we opened for Maps and Atlases. Oh, yeah. And I Great heard band. them all like the noodling and tapping stuff that they were doing. And I was like, I think I could do something like that. Oh, yeah. That's and great. so that night I went home and I wrote that riff. And I just had that kind of kicking around for a while until Evan was like, you need to write a song around this. That's and so sick. 
Yeah. And at that point, so what year was that? 2013, probably? Ooh, I was living at the model home. Evan, do you remember what year that was? That was 13 or 14. We recorded this in 2013. Okay. Yeah, and at that point, I was just, like, listening to so much Terramello. So, like, all, like, you're going to do, like, doubles and, like, triplets on, like, the, the kick pedal while also mirroring with the bell of the ride to, like... I was heavy into that stuff, and then this riff just let me do that stuff, and I was like, "Well, this is perfect, and it's a great song." Love oh, that yeah. drum part. I like it. I've liked it for a long time. It's nice that it's finally out in the world. We can say that about a lot Bravo. of the, the nonsense that we've put down over the years and just kind of uh, forgotten about, or over that year, I suppose. It's very different too than like what you guys normally write. I feel like a lot of the stuff, especially like the songs that you've been releasing like for this podcast, a lot of them are more, I'd say like less experimental stuff and more poppy kind of things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there aren't like a shit ton of songs that are are more experimental like this one where it's just a fun, weird riff and it's like not like a typical song structure because you guys are really, I don't know if you know this, but you're really good at writing pop songs. Who? Hey, thanks. (laughs) I appreciate that. It's fun that I am a part of one like this. Because with like all of us like just like leaning into our strengths and stuff, it's it's fitting that this is what came out for <laughs> all of us. It's it's cool. Yeah, I can play very fast with no taste. You can play very fast with a lot of taste. <laughs> Evan is like, this has to be a song, and he has the capacity to make things get glued together. And uh, I didn't even play on the original version of this song. I sat Andy, in the chair. Andy played bass. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, you didn't. It was just us three. No, there was a Austin, fourth person Austin there. Austin played guitar. Yeah, Austin, Austin wrote right. the guitar. Right, part his to this cool song. ass clear guitar. I'll never mm. forget that. It wasn't clear. It was an egg. It was it was a metal guitar that was like. Well, I guess I will forget it. It was <laughs> metal. I th- it was not clear. It's all metal. It was an electrical guitar company, mm. aluminum guitar. It, it was, was mirrored. All, it was all yeah, like it was mirrored. mirrored. It was yeah, like yeah, chrome. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's okay. So it was, that's it was close enough. It was an awesome guitar. I'm bummed he sold that guitar. Yeah, very heavy. Yeah, he wrote a lot of really good stuff. It was cool playing music with Austin. Yeah. The goth ninja of pottery, as you may know. Yeah, our bar used a guest on a prior episode, the goth ninja of pottery. No, Austin. Evan plays fast. Evan plays fast. That's what all bad was. It was me forcing him and Kat to play, I can play bass too fast. fast. It was so much. I can play guitar fast. I can play bass fast. That was one of the most fun projects I've ever been a part of. Me and you just, we were just like pouring sweat in Kat's bedroom at the warehouse practicing and just like, oh, let's put this dumbass ska part like a brief moment into this song let's oh it was fun i mean that was definitely a project where cat had chagrin towards the <laughs> speed of your playing yeah but we just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and that's a great record i'm really proud of that record and i Me love too. i love nailing down stuff with you like a big thing with the super weeks record too but especially like where all bad was the first thing that me and you worked like really heavily together on and mm-hmm. the fact that like you would just make me play the drum beats and the fills over and over again so you could perfectly lock in your bass rhythm with my kick patterns the fact that somebody was like taking the time to do that was just like mind-blowing and you were so locked in and at that point i hadn't really experienced much stuff like that before like a bass player that was so like Paris is really good at that and like all of our rhythmic stuff is so on and but when me and you did it that was like the first time where i was just like holy shit everything is so locked in and it enhances everything we were locked the fuck in yeah i feel like that was always a huge focus for us back in the little black rain clouds uh with our prior guest peter martin evan played drums in that band and i played bass in that band and i think that's the only time we've really done that combination for a full record but having that focus on detail that the two of us were both deeply into when it comes to rhythm that kind of set the course for the rest of our 
career together. I mean, even running a studio together and producing records together. The relationship of the kick drum and the bass uh, is so vital to the, the feel. It's the fucking best. I mm-hmm. say maybe back then we weren't listening to each other that much because <laughs> I recently listened back to that and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> I knew what I was doing. <laughs> I was doing it as uh, one would say a kick drum solo. A kick drum opus. Every once in a while. Explain that to me. Just like the beats that I was choosing to play didn't match a lot of Chris's melodic baseline stuff mm. i guess i'm thinking of, chris uh, was the melodic portion of that band because mm. it was a three-piece peter essentially played chords and chris used the bass to do a lot of counter melody to the vocals and a lot of stuff and i just kind of did like do cha-cha do cha do cha-cha <laughs> yeah. like the whole time every song unless it was a weirder one like dave which that one was just weird. We locked in in that song yeah, because there was time. nothing else that we could have possibly done. Well, we needed to anchor that chaos down for sure. And Don't Sleep in Brooklyn also had a very mm-hmm. anchored part together. Don't oh, that was the one that I was listening to. Where I was like, what am I doing? Oh, okay. <laughs> there is the, the one bass line that do, 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 Yeah, the chorus. That section, yeah. we did a great job in. The rest of the song, I just did that do, ka do, ka do, ka do, ka do. And you mostly locked into it, but every time I varied it i was like what am i why did i do that that's on you chump well yeah (laughs) i've never claimed to be a good drummer he just is am a drummer that plays slowly well i asked you i was like how do you characterize yourself as a musician and you said bass player I'm a bass player. I asked you, what do you consider yourself a guitar player, a drummer, producer was was second, but you said, I am a bass player, and that was interesting to me. I got to play bass on the new Super Weeks record for the very first time. And you crushed it. It's the only instrument I like to play. I, that's why I played baritone for so many years because it's kind of like being the bass, except I have to do less and I actually just have to do less. That was a great position. I still messed up the most out of everyone. <laughs> Can you not play power chords fast? I don't prefer. You rarely have to. Not in our to. band anyway. Yeah. Oliver, well, can I definitely play power pushed you guys a bit. Oh, we Oliver's definitely pushed some some speeds up. Oh yeah, it's fun to an extent. Force that on people i love it i always love to play fast i always like to kind of push things it's just so much fun i I truly think my brain is a bit broken because i can't quantify anymore how fast i'm playing especially like when you're playing a show with adrenaline and stuff like i like when i look back at a recording of a show or something or like and i know that i'm when i'm looking back after that i'm playing too fast but in the moment i'm like damn i was really trying to like tone it down and it's a problem that i have and i'm really trying to work on and like when i was just in new orleans paris played a show it's our first show back in you know a year and a half and I was just so stoked to be playing and I'm like all right I've been sitting I've been playing along to the Pairs record that came out last March multiple times a week for over a year. I'm like, I have these tempos down. We're going to be so tight. And then we were there, we're playing the show. And I look back at some like video after and I'm just playing way too fucking fast. And it sucks because I'm (laughs) trying to play it slower. In the moment, it feels like I'm playing slow, but my body is like, it's not connected to my brain. So like- You're just too good. No, but it's not about being good. Like I've always wanted to be a really- fast drummer when i was started playing i'm like oh all this punk is fast i need to play fast and i got really good at playing really tight and really fast and for whatever reason i don't know but there's a disconnect between my brain and my body and i'm watching my arms go and i'm watching my feet go and i'm like it doesn't feel like i'm playing that fast and then i'll revisit it after with a video or, or, or recording and i'm like holy shit it's that's really fast and it's not that it's a problem it's just well, sometimes it's a problem. <laughs> and I, I don't know. It's like I have the ability to do it. And I, I'm trying to rein myself in a little bit lately because 
Well, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe that's the lesson. Maybe I, I should. No, I should. I should. Brian just drives, it, drives click, Brian dude. crazy. Live? Yeah. I could. I, I love playing to a click. I just... It'll keep you reined in. Yeah, I know. That was a major turning point for Mikey. Because, I mean, back in the... We would watch, like, live videos of Dangerous Ponies playing, you know, way back in the day. And it was, like, crazy fast. Like, it had to be, like, 20 BPM faster than the intended thing. And it was, that was on all of us. I mean, seven people is a lot to manage on stage. And only... Uh, a single drummer can only do so much. It was but, also all about the energy. Yeah. And yeah, that band was a party on stage. Yeah, that's true. But Mikey is, like, the living metronome now. But also when we play to a metronome on stage, it's been rare that we've done it live, truly, but like when we filled in as the full effect, for Reggie and the full effect, he has tracks going, and Mikey had to have an in-ear click going to stay linked up to it. And for that show, we were all, uh, as, at James' request, extremely hammered. And so it was up to Mikey to like keep things perfect, mm -hmm. and I don't remember a moment of it, but apparently Mikey did a perfect job. Yeah. Mikey also, testament to Mikey's ability of learning and playing things verbatim. What's the song, Girl, Why'd You Run Away? Yeah, yeah, Where the crazy the intro, yeah. Crazy, like, drum intro that's in, like, a wacky timing. Mikey is the only drummer ever in the full effect to have played it correctly, according yeah. to James. The, the best compliment that I've ever so gotten. <laughs> James like, is also wow. a drummer, by the way. James is the one who drummed on that show. Yeah, that's so yeah. sick. He used to drum for Coalesce. I would play to a click. I'm afraid of it, though, because in, especially in pairs, we have so many tempo changes and, and where it relies on the feel of it. And I feel like it's just like a thing that like if I practiced, it would be fine. But like internally, I'm just like terrified of like getting off of the click or not changing at the right spot. And then. But you would. I know you that I would. It's, you would it's be scary able to, do to, it. to think about doing that. Well, you could have a kill and, switch, too. True. Mark from Hopalong was telling me about this where he will sometimes click it on just to make sure he's at the right tempo and then click get right back off and, and keep playing mm, interesting yeah maybe it's something i'll look into <laughs> or, or don't up. i mean don't listen to us when we did From the Dave. the slow mass show the other month we had been practicing up for recording using the click for like so long and the last practice before the show dave was like sean why don't you just turn the click off and he did and it was like the feel of it went up like a hundredfold and everyone was like damn that was a sick set That's let's not use a click do you remember when we were in the basement and we were trying to figure out tempos and oh my god <laughs> and I, I we we like decided on a tempo and i was like i don't know this feels weird and like let's and all of us no, like no, oh no. you said i don't know this feels slow well then what what was it we, we I told you guys I was like turning the tempo down, but I actually didn't change it at all. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, that felt so much better. I'm like, no, that was the same tempo, dude. Mm -hmm. I love shit like got that. Got me. I love getting them. You're a real pranker. <laughs> hey, living in this house, you got to keep up with you. I don't prank anyone. I'm not the one who puts hot hands under your pillow. <laughs> Bunch of prankers and crankers. Should we, should we get some I'll context to the listener? You hit me in the wrist statement. with a cast iron pan, Because I told you I was going to if you kept... Trying to light my beard yeah, on fire. Jared had to go to the urgent care to see if his wrist Didn't was broken. Didn't have to. It wasn't broken. I, <laughs> it could have been, He though. was in pain, yeah. It wasn't Evan a normal hit, bang. He hit Jared's wrist with a cast iron skillet. Like Which a, I told him I was going to no, do no, no. if he Evan and I have to a light bit. my beard no, on fire. No, I wasn't fire. trying to light his beard on fire. Yes, it's just a, a thing that we've established going absolutely crazy in quarantine. I light a lighter in front of your face and you blow it out and all is well in the world. I hate it. And you were just he happened to be, it. you were just saucy that night. You came in hot and you were like, I'm in a crazy mood tonight. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> and wow, then I, I even gave with you, you that much? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. You definitely deserved getting hit in the wrist with a cast iron. It's fine. 
I'm, Fuck you. you. You've pranked before. Yeah, there's a lot of prankery that goes on in this house. I mean, as you alluded to, that was Oliver put hot hands in your pillow, right, Jared? Is that what that was? In my pillowcase. Better than hot farts. I thought my bed was, yeah. light, was lit on fire. It was crazy. <laughs> it was like two dozen of them, too. Oh, I didn't realize it was that many. It was a lot. I feel like Oliver is <laughs> the pranker in the house. That's true, yeah. Yeah. You and Oliver pretty much just back and forth. My favorite prank he does, hey, where in the house does it sound like I am? That's what I was going to say. The whole FaceTime me, too. And he was like, guess where like, I am. Hey, do you know where I am in the house? <laughs> yeah, the, that's funny. The camera's super close to his face, and he's like behind the couch, or he's in a closet or something. It's yeah. a very good bit. Quarantine. Wow. What a time. We had to keep ourselves occupied. Yeah, it's a fun house. And the the last two people to move in just like came in just like post breakup. And it just really, mm-hmm. really set a good tone for this house. This is like the halfway house. Like the after, Lonely Hearts house. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I was uh, Jared recently Nathan's single. Jared followed suit. Club house. <laughs> Great Beatles ref. The fans are going to love that. I love the Beatles. I love the Beatles. But there was a lot of crazy events that happened during that time. Uh, when we were all living here, this house got robbed. <sighs> And all of our bikes got wiped out, Rip. and a lot of uh, Oliver's electronics big, got wiped out A big out wave as well. came. Rip. Mm-hmm. Broke into our house. Wiped well, that's it, what wiped happens it. when the fucking police are like, yo, quarantine starts tonight. Also, we're not going to arrest people anymore for petty theft. Well, what do you think was going to fucking happen? What are, what are the other things that we need to hit on? <sighs> Whatever the fuck you want to talk about, Jared, it's your show. Welcome to Jared's Super Weekly Super Week Supercast. One of my personally most hated bits is redoing the intro as a goof in the middle of the show. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I know you love it. I know you do it all the time. So what's it like being in the Super Weeks? Are you asking us? Are you taking control of this podcast? Like, what do you, like, when you wake up in the morning and you Coffee. open your eyes yeah. and you Coffee. make a sweet-ass cup of joe and you're sitting there looking across the table, Chris looking into Evan's eyes and Evan right back at Chris's eyes. And you're like, what like is it like eyes. to be in the Super Weeks? What is the first thing that comes into your head? Where's Mikey? <laughs> 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 Sorry. I like that answer. You have to answer the question. That was the answer. Where's like, Mikey? What? <laughs> what? What is it like being in the Super Weeks? What is... You are now listening to the Super Week, Super Weekly Supercast. It's kind of like that, actually. <laughs> See, that's the Flagrant Ones intro. You are listening to the Flagrant Ones. What is that? Hello, everyone. He's just cycling to different podcast intros. Oh, you forgot. Welcome back. Okay. I know. I chose not to say that one. Yes, he's wow. referenced the Flagger ones. He's referencing How Did This Get Played, a video game podcast. Jared and I are both big podcast fans, so it's- Podcast uh, boys. Yeah. Are we doing Pod Corner? No, not anymore. Jared only <laughs> listens to basketball podcasts. I listen to different iterations of basketball podcasts. My bedroom is directly next to the bathroom, so I know who is in the bathroom because I can hear their podcasts through my walls. Yeah. I like to listen to basketball podcasts when I shower. Who has uh, your preferred podcast to listen to through the wall, Evan? Neither. You like oh, you basketball? You like to let's let's talk about let's talk about how you like to dunk on my ass. Yeah, if I score <laughs> over 30 points in a basketball yeah. video game against Jarrett, I win. So Evan and I will play NBA 2K and there's a different threshold. So I'll play the way I normally play and I'll just go to fucking town on his ass. <laughs> but like if he scores, we'll set a limit depending on how feisty he's feeling that day. If he gets to the end of the four quarters and scores, let's say 30 points. It's usually about 39 points is the goal. That's my yeah. max He'll, I've ever gotten. He 
will win no matter how many points I have, whether it's 80, whether it's 85, whether it's 110. If he reaches that threshold, he can tell the world that he dunked on my ass. I've given him permission. When you inhaled seltzer earlier, <clears throat> you stood up and ran over to him. It looked like you might be dunking on him. I didn't know what was happening. I was actually going to dunk on him. <laughs> it was so confusing. I was going to spit it all over him. <laughs> uh, that would have been pretty good. That would have been a fitting vengeance because, as we mentioned earlier, uh, we did film a delightful video of Jared pouring a full seltzer onto Evan's head on the couch. I just kept going, and I was waiting for him to scream or something, and he just never did, so I kept going. It's really not that big of a deal. <laughs> Why would I have screamed? Because you were getting wet. <laughs> Get wet. That Chris's physics theme song? Physics. I wrote a theme song for all of physics. <laughs> <laughs> called Get Wet. <laughs> called Get Wet. <laughs> so what do you feel like talking about the rest of the podcast? What do you want to know? I'll tell you anything. <laughs> well, I, I guess we should tie the conversation back into one of the driving themes of what we always talk about, which is Big Mamas. But you were talking about All Bad and how that was kind of an entry point for you to get yeah. into Big Mamas. Because, of course, the other member of that band who's not present, but who was a former guest of this podcast, Cat Park, was a, lived at Big Mama's even before Evan had moved in there. Yeah. And what was your impression of that community? Because uh, if I had to say, it sounded like you were on the outside and you were looking in. Can you see through us? You could I see would walk through. past Big Mama's in the winter and it'd be snowing and I'd look up down on Randolph and I would I would see all the festivities and I'd, I'd be cold and wet from the snow and I'd just be like, please, please, how do I... How do I get in there? How do I hang out with these oh, cool people? Oh, so you're people? like a Dickensian orphan just yeah. begging for your survival yes. in the, the harsh Philadelphia winter. I was always on the outside looking you're in. No, I always, outside. I knew you guys and I knew what Big Mama's was. And it was just like always a, a thing that many people just wanted to be a part of it in whatever way. I remember the night we decided to start All Bad. We were at Diarrhea Planet and the So-So Glows and Manners, Cat Park's band with our friend Dana, and... Uh, we also were both in that band. I recorded drums on the album, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that, wait, did you... Yeah, no, you played that show. Yeah, I played that yeah. show. I was the drummer of that yeah. band. Yeah, yeah, good. Glad mm -hmm. we settled that. You should do podcasts. Hey, thanks. Um, <laughs> no, so we, we decided... We I was like, Evan, we should start a band. We both want to play fast. And you're like, yeah, my friend Cat Park would be great for this band. And then we all talked, and we were like, okay, let's... Let's start this band. And then we did. I think Kat wanted to start the band. Kat wanted to start the band. And you were like, I, I know a drummer. Is that how it happened? I don't know. Well, another case of Jarek getting courted without the even drummer. I don't know. We'll have to ask Kat. Should we phone a friend? We're yeah, not doing call, that again. Call, call her right now and ask her how All Bad started. I'll just text her. She's good at texts. Well, we started dating like a little bit after we started the band. And I'm pretty sure she thinks that I started that band with her because I wanted to date her, which was not the case. <laughs> I want to start a cool band, and it just so happened that we wound up dating. I don't think I would have been cut out to live in the warehouse. I don't think that's for me. It's a wacky time. Yeah, I like... Cleanliness? Well, yeah, I like not having oil freeze. I like... Yeah, I just don't know if that vibe flies in with me. I liked being there. I don't think I could have ever lived there. Cat hmm. says she missed playing band name stuff, and that's how all bad started. Nice. I like that answer. I'm going to say, how did Jared end up in it? I think he just wanted a drummer to play fast. Yeah, it was probably, we were like, we should do a thing together. And then Kat was like, I miss playing punk music. And then we were like, I like to do punk. 
I certainly do. Uh, I liked playing bass. Cat's songs are always very good. Those songs that she wrote for that record were so good. Bad Mood stays with me. That song's awesome. I, that pops into my head all the time still. Yeah. I missed playing band name stuff, and Jarrett is fast. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I guess Settles we nailed it. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then when we started Tact, I think she was like, I'm, I want to play different stuff. Tact was great. Tact is also sick. Tact I got to fun. record an EP of Tact, mm-hmm. and we never finished Jared is your fault. Same with Cat. <laughs> oh, same with Cat Bean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Evan oh, is yeah. the punk rock matchmaker. So yeah, a lot of these things anyway, are on keep his going. shoulders. But oh, Cat actually, Cat Park reached out to me recently, to be like, "Hey, let's just finish that record." And I was like, "Hell yes, that record's amazing." Tack record? Yeah, I would love yeah. to finish what, it. What's been the holdup? Jared, not me. I think they just never sent me notes. Like the band never sent me notes. I did a mix of it too. I think it's said like, it to my face. I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah, Tact was a really fun band. It probably will be a fun band. I told Cat that I'm down to. We just have to do it now that pandemic's over. I'm sure we would all like to jam again. Don't jinx us. Don't speak too soon. Cat's a great songwriter. Mm-hmm. Agreed, really songwriter. Oh wow! Since Josh is gone, it's another band with Jarrett, Cat, and Evan. A different. Oh, Evan. it sounds like it might be time for me to step up and fill in. Can you play like Josh? I think Josh is gonna. Josh is still. Is Josh coming back to the East Coast? No, but I think we'll probably make I'll play it the band, eh? I'll learn things note yeah. for note. I can play. I can play like whoever. Sign me up. I'll do it. Make a. I make. I need to see a reel. Like on Instagram. Like Hollywood. Your demo reel. You're on a fishing rod. You played in a band with him. Why do you need a reel? This is a fucking joke, dude. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Nice. Yeah. That was a joke, Jared. Maybe you should learn from me. This is humor. All right, let's do <laughs> some. Up. Let's do some fucking. Let's do like some freaking rapid fire questions, dude. Hit me. You have Jared Nathan here on your podcast. No, rapid fire. Mm. What do you? What have you always wanted to know about me? Let's your, do lightning round. Let's, let's do lightning round. Let's guess. try to each ask a question and just like get an answer. Let's as do a lightning as round. Possible. I've always he's, wanted to do a lightning round. He's the man who's known for speed, so he should be able to handle this. Okay. When did you start playing drums? What age? Six. Is that real? Yeah. First grade. Dumplings. That's not a question, Evan. That was a question. No, no, say it with a little upspeak at the end. Dumplings. Dumplings. <laughs> there we go. Well. Dumplingas. Oh, how'd your uh, curry go? Have you made a new one? No. How large are your feet? Ten. How many salmon fillets have you cooked this week? One. Can I try your hat? He threw the hat. Mikey's trying the hat. I have a small head. It looks great. Favorite vegetable? Broccoli. Oh, me too. <laughs> no fucking way. Fair. Favorite color? Green. Do you wear flat brims? I have flat brims. I don't wear them. Is Jesus Christ your savior? Never heard of him. Do you have flat feet? No. I do. Do you have flat crust? What? Excuse me? That's <laughs> <laughs> not what I meant to say. <laughs> I, I do also want to clarify. I wonder if this podcast will go over well with the listener because I feel like we all do a bit at home where we're very like cold to each other. And I feel like that's happening on this podcast. <laughs> And I'm just like, man, I feel like they're gonna feel like I we can, all hate no, each other. I could I could feel the friendship bursting from this room. <laughs> like bombs bursting in air? Yes. No, it's more like rain on your ready wedding day? day. You're already late. Is that the next line? It's a free ride. Some good advice. You just we, can't take. Cut what? it out. I got one hand in my pocket. Mm, you ought to know. The other one's jerking off that guy from Full Fuck House. Full Fuck House. <laughs> <laughs> what is full real- fuck house I said full the fuck house oh, oh, oh. I just heard full fuck house And I was like I don't Me know too. what that is That shit sounds tight bro <laughs> Evan doesn't do accents He just did a 
A character. What was that? <laughs> Who was that guy? Is that Mayor from Easttown? <laughs> this is every time I do a voice, people are like, what is that? Scottish. I don't know, dude. I'm just vibing. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. the hell was that? God, I'm so bad at accents. I'm not even Scottish? trying to do an accent. Jared, no, Jared do an talking. accent for us. Oi. All right, give us uh, some more. Oh, no, what's, what's the one that I was... <laughs> I love you. Was that... Shrek? No, I was gonna. I was gonna. I had a thing prepared, and I was gonna come in and do an accent. But fuck, I can't even remember now. Tell us a story about involving us. Involving you? Yeah. Tell us a story about us. Tell the listeners a story about how much you love us. Okay. So sometimes I come downstairs, and Evan's cooking. Evan's known to cook. I don't know if any for all the listeners out there know that Evan. Evan's cooked. known to cook. He's also a big boy. Evan's a big boy. I'm a big boy. Big hairy boy. Big and hairy. Velcro man. He gets hot. I get hot. He needs ventilation. He's sweating. Mm-hmm. Our kitchen doesn't get much airflow. Sometimes I'll come downstairs. Evan's cooking. Evan likes to cook. Evan's also recently gotten into big shirts. Really big shirts. Really long shirts. Really, really big and long shirts. And he'll be cooking and he won't be wearing anything underneath. It's just a big, long shirt. I'll come downstairs. Evan's cooking, cooking onions on the stove, wearing a big shirt. It's great. And then he'll drop something on the floor, probably some rice that flew out of the pan, and he'll go to pick it up. Maybe I'll see his balls. Who knows? Excuse me. I squat when I wear my dresses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> dresses. I just admire the long shirt, I got to say. It's nice. So the, sh- the nomenclature we use in the podcast is t-shirt dress. T-shirt dress. Consistency for the listeners. Uh, sorry, I don't listen to the podcast. Yeah. T-shirts long. Let's talk about some freaking drum stuff, dude. Talk about some drums. So, Jared, I hear that you just got sponsored by Hendrix Drums. Yeah, I got a freaking drum endorsement, baby. It's sick. It's right downstairs in the basement. Beautiful so kid. give me your goddamn drums now. You want them? Go take them. Well, what was that process like, becoming like a, at least semi-endorsed drummer? Great. It's very strange because, it, like everything else, like you just have to kind of know people. And, like, I tried to, like, apply myself for, like, a Promark endorsement and a Zildjian endorsement. There's a form to fill out online, and you fill it out, and you hope that they give a shit about you. Most often, they don't. I don't have a Zildjian endorsement. I I don't get, like, products for them. But I get free symbols because through their warranty, if I break a symbol within two years, I just ship it back, and they send me a brand new one. And I've gotten tight with the woman who is in charge of all the warranty stuff, this woman, Patty. So I'll just be like, hey, Patty, broke another symbol. Can I have an RA number? I'll ship it back. Sometimes they'll even let me like upgrade or downgrade a size or stuff. So it's so I'm essentially getting free symbols anyway. And I went to the Zildjian factory when I was in Boston and I was like, hey, here I am. I've been talking with you guys for like years. Like you guys are really good to me. Can we like, I'm not asking for anything, just like want an association. And they're just like, Nah, nah, we can't. <laughs> so it's funny, but like with Promark and Dario, it's like my like I mentioned, my buddy Rhino, who owns Hendrix Drums and like he texts for descendants. He got me the endorsement for Dario. Like he just hit up the dude and was like, Hey, this is my buddy Jarrett. He's really good. I think he'd be great together. He loves like he's only played Promark sticks. Can y'all make this happen? And the next day the dude was just like, Yeah, totally. I'll send over the contract. So sometimes it could be like as easy. Man as that and it's very sick and i'm very grateful for that but also with this drum set endorsement i i'm so just stubborn about gear like i just recently got a new kick pedal finally i've been playing on the same iron cobra that i have been playing on since i was like 17 it was so (laughs) fucked it was so rusted i play with the tension really high so the beater is back really far the beater has to go further than a normal 
beater would go. And before the beater would hit the kick pedal, the bottom of the, the foot plate would hit like the clamp that clamps onto the hoop of the kick drum. So before that, the beater would hit the head. It was just metal on metal. And it would like shave away and shave away. So like the rebound that I was getting had to be so precise. I had to play with my foot a little bit to the left in order that on first impact, the beater would hit the kick drum before the foot plate hit the clamp. Does that make sense? It was yeah. so fucked up. And between that and just being like rusted, but I just like adapt and like that's what was just normal. And I'm too stubborn to like get new gear. So I finally upgraded and I'm like, holy shit, like I could have done this five years ago and been a lot happier. So I, I've also been playing on the same DW drum set that I had. Like my dad took me to Jersey to get when I was 14. I'm not a gear guy. And finally I was like, it's time. I'm off tour so I'm, I can work more. So I'm making normal amount of money because I'm not on tour. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I like have some money saved up. I'm just going to buy a new drum set. And then I had a Rhino and I was like, would you be interested in doing an endorsement thing? And they're like, fuck yeah. So got yeah, a nice little Rhino discount. Yeah, called Hippo. Yeah. And then Hippo called his <laughs> friend Harry Elefante. Bird. Bird was in there too. But it's cool. It's just cool to be appreciated and recognized. And that's like one thing that'll like never get old about about being in the position that I am and getting to meet the people that I met and tour the bands that I've toured with. It's like the craziest thing to me is there are people that exist that if you ask them who their favorite drummer is, they'll say me. And that is so fucked up and cool. And I it just makes me so happy. Because drumming is the only thing that I'm truly good at. And the fact that there are people out there that... You're pretty good at making chimichurri. Yeah. And <laughs> I've you're been getting a, better. And people say that you're a world-class lover. And uh, True. you have a, a extensive knowledge of fine wines and jewels. Gems, as wow. they say. Oh, yes, yeah. of course, gems, yeah. They're, they're called fucking gems, Chris. <laughs> um, Man, jewels the band. <laughs> but no, it's just, it's cool. And, and one thing that I've like had i like to say i'm in a moderately successful mid-level punk band and it's a lot of words it's <laughs> it's it's fun to say but it's also i'm just stoked and grateful and the thing that i take away from like the last five years of my career and and being able to play drums the way that i have is just it's all fun it's all cool and i'm just like very very lucky that the choices that i made in my life just happened to lead me to playing in pairs which led me to travel the world playing music which is fucking crazy and it starts with the decision to come to philly because i i grew up on long island i wasn't like in love with the city with new york city but it was like a thing that existed it was 40 minutes from my house i would go that's where like i saw my first punk shows and stuff and i was like all right i gotta go to nyu i gotta go to college in new york city i gotta get nyu mm. and the best thing that ever happened to me was not getting into nyu because it brought me to Drexel in Philly, which led me to you guys, which led me to discovering what a real punk scene was because Long Island didn't have that. And it that ultimately playing with you guys, meeting Barrett Lindgren, who I played in with Ghostlight and Push Ups, and just like the friendships that I made and the music that I made led me to ultimately be in the position to to play with a band like Pears and then for them to notice me and ask me to join the band and then give me like a reason to play fast and to like play all with all the bands that I've grew up idolizing. It's crazy to think about. And the I'm rambling. And the point of it is that I'm just lucky and grateful and stoked and happy to be in the position that I am. We're all very proud of you. And that's that's <laughs> that. That's not the point of why I, was, I wasn't trying to. I wasn't oh, fishing oh, uh, for that. We're all really impressed. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm being earnest. <laughs> I am proud of Jared. It's I just think cool because I don't, I, don't, I don't reflect on it as often as I should. And... Shut the fuck up. <laughs> See, these guys are a bunch of fucking bullies. I am proud of you. 
honestly. <laughs> Evan's just like stepping in front of us to become the real friend now. I am honestly very proud of Jared. He's I am very proud good at the yeah. drums. No, that's not in question at all. We're all, yeah, dude, I'm, and I am genuinely He deserves every moment of it. I'm just glad to know you guys. I'm glad to be living in this house. I'm glad to be able to play music with you. Making cool dumplings. This podcast, making chimichurri. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, shit's, Ooh, shit's cool. Let's segue on over to the chicken parm corner. I haven't made chicken parm since. In about a year. Yeah. But let me tell you, that chicken parm was good. Thanks. Listener, I brought you over to this corner to tell you, Jarrett makes a mean chicken parm. We're, okay, due, we for it. Now. We're due for it again. We are. I'll you do it. Just go make it now. When Oliver comes home, I'll do it. Yeah, he's, he's home Why now. Why don't we have a second podcast? For food? With Jarrett, and we'll do, uh, he'll make the, that for the second podcast. <laughs> what? Oh, you're saying like, we'll do two episodes in a row right now. And Jared will cook no, a chicken parm. No, right? next we'll do a part two where I'll make the chicken parm. Parm is that parm what you mean? Two. We'll do parm two and have him back on. Do you want to take a break and make a parm, and we can come back to it when sure. we're eating? And we're back. Uh oh. <laughs> wow, Mikey, you really we're earning the wow, explicit that chicken tag parm tonight. is really tasty, scrumptious. <laughs> Yes. Well, the happenstance of finding this community that we have together is like a really wonderful thing that I also admire yeah, the trajectory beautiful. of it. Because this year, this past year, like being like quarantining together and especially like after like you'd mentioned before, like my relationship, my long term relationship ended, yours did as well. And to just like have like a group of people who were like, like you and I were in a similar place because of that. And then uh, Evan is always, of course, the, the steadfast anchor of a person that, that he is. So he gave us a place to fall. And it makes me think about, I don't know if this is going to mean much to the listener, but what I consider to be the best birthday of my entire life, where I made it was a, a pie and vegan cheesesteaks for everybody. And you guys were all willing to just watch Captain America with me because I just like watch Marvel movies by myself. Evan so was long. willing to watch it with you or maybe Oliver too. I love those movies. Well, yes. And we bond over that. Hell yeah. It's hard to get Evan to watch a movie. Well, Evan and doesn't like to watch movies with human beings in it. No. He said that it's just, he said that all TV shows and movies are stupid because it's just people pretending to be other people. <laughs> and that's why he prefers cartoons because he doesn't have to look at people. That's fair. Unfortunately, he just went to the bathroom right now. So we don't even have him to comment on this. No one say anything until he gets back. I hope you keep all this dead space in. I could hear him urinating. I don't know if I got picked up in the mics. <laughs> so, Evan, tell us about your love for movies. And how you love acting as a concept and watching people do it. Let me tell you, Batman and Robin, what an incredible God film. I have that on uh, uh, that soundtrack on a CD. I've still a good only soundtrack. seen the first 30 minutes of it, but I can't imagine it's bad. You've said this two episodes in a row now, Evan. We can't keep using this bit. <laughs> This is not a bit. This is real life. Just finish the movie. I don't really feel like it. I'll do it whenever I'm at Guy's house again. Look, George Clooney, incredibly handsome. Impossibly handsome, really. You ever notice that Nick Holdorf kind of looks like him? Oh, yeah, 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 we tell him that all the time. Ooh, that brings me to another point. Nick Holdorf dunks on your ass. He does. Mm. He's better than me at NBA 2K. Our friend Nick Holdorf. He beat me 100 to 69 once. Wow. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Nick Holdorf is, of course, in a band with Evan. No, thank you. And uh, and also um, Big Ups. Or wait, hold on. What's his nope. band? Cheer Up. Cheer Up shit. <laughs> no, Big Ups is, is another band. Jared likes. Yeah, yeah, my a great bad. band. Good friends of mine. <laughs> I had Jared on the brain. And we're going to play a Big Up song now. Just kidding. If, if you, you look at your phones now. Turn the volume up on your phone. Are you eating a chicken parm? God, this sucks. Nom nom. <laughs> Let me tell you. All right. 
going back to movies. Yeah, I don't like to watch movies. Did I watch the? I watched the Captain America one. Yeah, you did. It was a good birthday. Yeah, it was a good time. I watched it. Yeah, and I was just gonna say I was very appreciative. Those cheese of the steaks were good. You me. made the the they cashew were. the cashew cheese. Yeah, I have my secret really DACA vegan cheese whiz recipe. Yeah. Look, if you ever see the Super Weeks out in public ever again, bring Chris lots of vegan food, but don't put tapioca in it because he's allergic. Mm. Yes, I can't digest tapioca, so unfortunately, it makes me uh, painfully allergic. and dangerously constipated. There it is. So on it, makes you a tapioca. <laughs> Sorry. Is that like your like Cockney goofy? <laughs> Hello, golf makes you a tappy bloke. So we're not too off the rails. Australian. Like there's there's been podcasts that are way more off the rails than this one, right? Yeah, of ours. Yeah. No, you're by not far much. the worst that we've ever had. I don't know. That's not what I fucking mean. I know I'm not the worst. <laughs> but like we're doing good. We're having a great time, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Aren't we, everyone? Can you put in a like a generic audience. like audience yeah, like yeah that's a, that's a, that's right absolutely. there. Absolutely. Oh God! <laughs> Speaking of uh, butt problems, Mikey has been having some really just continuous flatulence this episode. Yeah, butt stuff. Do you want to know something about me? Yeah, my farts don't really make sound. No. Yeah, have what do you, you mean, guys? Don't really? Have you guys ever heard me fart? You know, I don't know. You haven't. You once proclaimed <laughs> that you never farted before. Oh, that was. <laughs> and Evan, without hesitating for a second. <laughs> Responded, that's because every time you fart, you shit. <laughs> Which is very funny to us. That I'm was, sure no one out there is laughing that right was now. Like right when I moved in, because we were having this conversation. Like, yeah, my, my farts like don't make sound. It's crazy. I like they just don't. Can you try? Not many people have heard me fart. Us? We gotta recreate that bottle. When I when I moved in here, I was telling you guys. And Evan just, yeah, because when you fart, you shit. Mm-hmm. Every time you fart, you shit. And so who are just, the few people who've heard you fart? Mom. Short list. No, definitely not. Dad. Hey, don't sister. talk about my fucking dad. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver. Oliver did one time. We were outside, and I did. Why are you looking at me like that? Do you not believe me? I'm just expecting there to be some, like, exciting secret gem of who I'm just on the like, short Maybe list. you have, like, so much hair Oh, that it just keeps the cheeks separated. Could be. I've never looked for a reason. It's just a You're fact like, about me. I like shaved your James neck once. Bond of mm-hmm. farting. Mm-hmm. What? Oh, like he has a silencer on his butthole. Yeah. I see. Double Do you have a silencer in your butthole? <laughs> double O bowel movement. Yeah, an RCP-90. That's not a silencer. That's that was a good. vacuum gun from GoldenEye. It's the only one I could remember. There's a PP-9. Your 420 PP-7. The PP-7 pistol. There's the RCP-90. That's the cool one. Golden gun. There's a lot of ammo. Zach Seawall and I used to play GoldenEye at our house on Bainbridge years ago, and we would play complex level, remote minds only, and I would beat him like 10 to nothing, and he would get so angry. <laughs> it fucking rocked. Were you a screen watcher? Where you would watch his split screen so you oh, knew no, 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 definitely not. I, I, I'm, not, I'm no cheater. How no. would you know when to set off the remote minds then? Or, I'm sorry, proximity minds. Oh, okay, proximity okay. minds. That yeah, makes yeah. More sense. No, I would go at the, the top level faster than him every time and just I knew all the places to put them so he would just be trapped and then mm. owned his ass. How do you feel about slappers only? They're fun. I'm a proponent of any and every game mode in, in GoldenEye. I just love that because it's just being able to like cycle around each other and just karate chop somebody it to death. It looks so is, funny. Yeah, especially those like big blocky like especially polygonal bodies. Especially in DK bodies. mode. Can't beat DK mode. DK mode slaps. Mm-hmm. Good shit. Evan doesn't play video games. He doesn't know what we're talking about. I do play that video game. <laughs> That's that sounded like a lie. The way you said that. What about in like Tony Hawk when there's like the zero gravity mode? Oh, moon physics. Come on, I've played all these games, you guys. You dunk? 
I'm the one who owns the N64 in the house. No, I have an N64. But have you played Banjo-Kazooie? Oh my god, I love Banjo-Kazooie. One of the best RPGs of all time. Yeah, I really love that game. I love collecting those jiggies. It made me think about the number one king of jiggies, Mr. Will Smith, getting jiggy with it. Who? The prince of Philadelphia? Yeah. The fresh prince? This is the point in the conversation now where we just have to pretend we don't know things to to generate humor. So, some people are obviously going to come to this episode because they're fans of pears and they're fans of your I hope so. drumming. Do you have any drum secrets for them that contributed to your unique style and your unique sound? Your drumple still skin. Just listen to Hella and try try and do what Zach Hill does in any way that you can. Not like I'm gonna be Zach Hill, because that's that's crazy, but just implementing a just a, a different way of thinking about rhythm is just what saved me. Oh, because from what that helps Oh, all the villains and the haters. Oh no. You have your own Jared Nation Sinister Six who's after you? Yeah, the Spoonister Six. I came up with that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Jared, if you had a sinister six of people who are your, your nemeses. Me. I only have one nemesis. His name is D- and he works at. Oh, shit. Burn. Should I censor that? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so say I have one nemesis. His name is beep, beep, beep. And he works at beep, beep, beep. Do that. That'd be funny. <laughs> okay, cool. I don't have any nemeses. You are a very likable guy, despite your uh, pseudo bully persona that you like to take on when you're goofing around. Jared is racist. It's fun to pretend to do that to your loved ones. He likes to pretend beat up his loved ones. No, not no, no, not never anything physical. Beat off his loved ones. What do you mean never anything physical? You and Oliver wrestle constantly. (laughs) Well, with certain people, Oliver he wants to wrestle me. He won't ever do it. I mean, he'll do it. I won't. I won't do it. I don't want to wrestle him. But Mm -hmm. we we get physical. Yeah, you have like a loving sort of brotherly relationship. Would you say getting fizzy with it? Yeah. Or no, 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 no. I don't know. Who? I don't I don't get those references. Call back to my bit about not knowing who Will Smith is. One time, Oliver and I were horsing around too hard, and I, I pushed him into the, the door right there, and there was the pull-up bar, and it came off and, like, whacked him right in the head, and, like, really hard. Sometimes we take it too far. Wait, the best part of that situation is that he thought you punched him in the back of the head, so he whipped around so furious. And he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But you were, like, 10 feet away, and you're like, I didn't do that. That was fun. If I try and get physical with Evan, he'll fucking whack me in the wrist with a cast iron skillet. I will skillet. kill you. <laughs> That was karma right there. Mm-hmm. Oliver left a drill on the top of a ladder, and when I went to move the 10-foot ladder, the fucking drill bit of the drill came down on my fucking head. Oh, yeah, oh was my terrible. God, And dude. I had a Phillips, the, the imprint of a Phillips. <laughs> like the X on your yeah. head? Oh, my God. So In the shape he deserved of that one. an X on your forehead. No. I wasn't mad at him at all. He just felt really bad. No, you don't stop coming. I can't stop coming! <laughs> <laughs> so, Jarrett, you're a drummer, and we like you. Uh, where can we find you on the web? Was that a good one? That sucked. <laughs> Give another shot, but do it in a Western accent. Well, howdy, partner. <laughs> no, I need a, I need a character. Yippee-io, Kaye. <laughs> so Jarrett Yes Evan Where do you see yourself in five years? On Instagram? Perhaps you want to tell people where to find you How was that one? That was better <laughs> I'll probably still be on the Insta in five years So that time has come Where we have to ask you for to your leave. plugs He lives here Evan Street. Uh, <laughs> don't tell people where we live Motherfuck <laughs> So if people want more Jared Nation 
where can they find you? He just told you. You might be able to find my old WKDU DJ profile, Jared Nation. If you want more Jared Nathan, where can they mm, find that? Big difference, big difference. Mm. Well, I play in a band called Pairs. Pairs the band. You can find us on the internet. See, that's how it's done, Evan. The internet's everywhere, too. Was that a bit? It was There's Jeff Foxworthy. Accent. I was trying to get... No, that wasn't. Oh. That was that was not fucking Jeff Foxworthy, Chris. If you want to find Jared Nathan on Instagram, you can go to at 5-6-Killers. Just might be a Paris fan. He might be a 5-6-Killers. <laughs> that was a Jeff Foxworthy. Evan that is a line one. from a bear versus shark <laughs> That's pretty song. good. Everything I have is Jared Nathan. All, my, right, my, all my, my social media stuff, my other stuff. <laughs> yep, get her done. I'm Ron White. Does he sound like that? <laughs> I'm Ron White. For some reason, I'm just I guess that's more of a Hank Hill. That's Wait. my Ron White. Dang it, Bobby. <laughs> Wait, is that oh, Ron White? I, I, can no, do a pre- no. I can do a pretty good Bob from Bob's Burgers. Whoa. Yeah, it's also the same accent from me, uh, Miguel from Teenage Bottle Rocket. They they kind of talk similarly. This oh, is the only accent that I can kind of do pretty well. That's fun. What do you think, Evan? It's a cartoon. Here's your sign. That was great. Thanks. So that was the last guy. That was Bill Ingvall, the fourth member of the. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Evan make that face before. God, finally something funny happened and nobody could see it. <laughs> Got him. Yeah, my Instagram is five six killers spelled out. I play in a band called Pears. I'm currently the drummer in a band called Pears. We put out a record March sixth, twenty twenty. We knew what we were doing. Do you guys do like mushrooms? <laughs> yeah, Somebody we, said that to Mikey we, we at a drive through once. Someone yeah. asked you that? They did. Are you calling back something that I don't know anything about? Yeah, yep. it's a dangerous ponies days thing. That's so sick. But you guys are in a band, so do you do like mushrooms? We've done them. The band name Pears came from a mushroom trip. Oh, well, tell us about that real quick. Zach and Brian had a bad, uh, they had, was it a bad mushroom trip? They had a mushroom trip and they decided that everything bad that existed in the world existed in the banana sphere. Nope. Everything that was bad existed in the pear sphere because pears are generally a pretty bad fruit. What? And everything good existed in the banana sphere because bananas are a universally beloved fruit. So they took the bad imagery of, of, a, of a universe that exists where everything bad happens. So this pears. Mm. Everything is pears. Everything is shit. That came from Mushroom Trip. Pretty cool. Well, Should I give my Instagram name again? I've done that like seven times. You've been listening to the Super Week Super Weekly Supercast. Goodbye. See ya. See you at the breakfast table when I'm having coffee thinking about being in the Super Weeks yet. Hey. I'm just trying to expand your mind a bit. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. What a disaster. Do you want to start over? Oh, sure. We can we can do that? Are you recording? <laughs>